Um, all right, let's get started, guys. Um, we are so excited. Um, I love, this is actually probably one of my favorite uh, favorite days of the week, right? Um, having the connect call, we have two amazing guests, uh, Kathy Fitzpatrick on the, the host mic, uh, doing an amazing job. Before we get started, a couple things for everybody. Wanted to tell all the managers out there, if you are a manager and you are bringing on brand new people, we are starting October 1st. We're going to have a mentorship program. So this is going to be Ignite Mentorship um, for your brand new people. Uh, it's still a little bit TBD on costs and that kind of stuff. But if you are interested in that as a manager, uh, reach out to us. We would love to kind of walk you through that. Um, also wanted to remind everybody about Fanatical Prospecting 3.0 that is starting next week. That is Angie Turley. That is Jen Guile. They're going to walk you through everything they do to prospect. Those two are freaking amazing um, events are kind of their, their gig, their deal. Uh, and they're going to walk you through exactly how they do that. I know that, um, you know, I, I got to brag on Angie just a little bit, but um, she does like 50 golf outings a year and everyone's like, oh, golf outings, right? She gets so many deals from that and she'll walk you through exactly how she gets those deals. So it's uh, it's not just attending, it's it's uh, that's data gathering, it's all of that stuff. So, um, and then uh, I did want to bring in Steve Walker. Is Steve on this call? I don't see him. All right, we're gonna skip the Steve Walker part. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. We'll, uh, we'll bring him in if he gets on. So uh, no problem at all. Kathy, going to throw it over to you to introduce our guests and, and get rolling with our theme. Thank you so much. I'm just uh, always so excited to be able to get together with everyone on Thursdays. And I just think there are so many different opportunities within the context of all of our marketplaces. And you can't have enough ideas right now. Um, we just really need to be extremely creative on how we're going out into the field, who we're talking to, how we're talking to them. And sometimes we overlook opportunities that could be potentially be right under our feet because we think we don't have a resource to be able to to access that particular avenue of business. So what I what I love about Lewis and Amy, and I'm going to have each of them pop in, is they have so much passion for what they do. And I think at the end of the day, anything you do with purpose and passion is going to allow you to be extremely successful. Um, how they've, they've utilized their passion is a little bit different than maybe some of us. But what I want them to open their your eyes to is the fact that there are many commonalities. So in any connect call, look for the commonalities, not the difference. Understand that if there's a, a reason you don't call in an office because you just don't think Think you're a fit, look around you in your sphere of influence and see if you can't team up with someone who is an expert in that area. Any opportunity that exists to get in front of people and teaming up, I think that they're going to give you a great idea of how that might be of benefit to you. So Amy, why don't we go ahead and start with you as far as how you created your business? Sounds great. So good morning, Igniters. It's really fun to be here. I wanted to open this segment with just one of my favorite Maya Angelou quotations, because it's going to sort of encapsulate everything I'm going to get to here. And she says, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And the core of my business, truthfully, is all about the customer experience. I really tap into that emotional feeling, but I'm not forgetting the efficiencies in the systems. So let me tell you about this. So I'm a bilingual loan officer. I was raised speaking English and Spanish in Manhattan, New York City. So I grew up in a very diverse market without really knowing it. You know, there were certain things that were just normal to me. Multiple languages floating by my ears, smells of food, just, just everything was there. And as I grew up speaking two languages, I was able to start to see differences in cultures and people and really think about how could I 
make those connections. And that's what I want to focus on today. So one of the spaces I do a lot of work in is what I call multilingual, but it's really broadened itself, frankly, over the last three years. And I believe that that has a lot to do with the mindset and a lot of the anxiety from COVID that's still out there. I've just noticed people are sort of on edge. You know, they're feeling the financial stress out there. And, and I like what you just said, Kathy, about sort of teaming up in the commonality, because that's exactly what I do. I look for what can I bond with someone on. You know, I do a little research. I find out about them. Is there something we can talk about that is not mortgage or finance related? Because what I'm finding out is a lot of marginalized communities. And when I use that, it's really about sort of more who's the outsider. I'm not drawing lines. I'm not saying this group. It's just look at maybe who's the underdog near you. How can you help? Because part of fair housing, truthfully, is really about how do we as lending and housing professionals create those bridges? How do we find people who don't think they have housing options? Believe it or not, that's sort of on us. That's our responsibility if you're a loan officer in this space. You know, I believe and coach too that this is a really high level of work. And what I love to do with loan officers, and let's get right into how do we grow business, right? Because that's what we want to do and have fun. You know, I joke that it's a little bit of a Trojan horse mentality, okay? So because I speak Spanish, I may have an opportunity to help somebody get into a real estate office. So I might team up with another loan officer and say, hey, why don't we go in together? I know they have a preferred lender, but does that lender speak another language? Okay, right now I'm even looking at other languages. That's a tool in a way that I'm looking to build, but you could find another, another feature, another characteristic. You know, I just did a loan for a woman that was a, um, a survivor of domestic abuse. I learned at Fairway that I have a way to protect on public record her identity and her address. I teamed up with our lawyers and we were able to close that loan in a way that made her feel safe. Again, that's a marginalized market that maybe you're not thinking about, right? I'm working with some people who are currently going through eviction. Eviction doesn't mean you're not credit worthy, but too many people associate that with their status if they're dealing with that. So I challenge you as you think about these different markets to kind of step out of that main lane that you're in and think about, okay, how do I get into the niches? Because one of the things that's super cool about the niches and fairway, and this is where I call it loan magic, you can make magic by people and products. So maybe you're playing in a first-time homebuyer down payment bond space. That's going to be pretty rigorous, right, on an underwrite. But maybe the next day you swing all the way into a broker product. You know, I just did a deep dive. I coach a group. We just did a deep dive on the ITIN number with Debbie Nichols. It was incredible, 45 minutes, one-on-one, -on -one, five of us huddling on I-10. We spun off into foreign national because we realized the conversation led us there because there was more opportunity, right? Some of the people these people may know in their other countries. I found it fascinating to learn about some of the political things going on in other countries that could create a wave of people coming to our state here in Massachusetts. Right. Not that I would try to monopolize or take advantage of it, but I would want to be the one to help. And so when you think again about this market, you've got to come from a place of serving, helping and being that trusted professional who truly, truly knows every little nook and cranny because a marginalized market mindset is vulnerable. A lot of people have experienced different traumas or they're just sensitive. And if you embrace that 
and you cuddle them, as I jokingly say, right, a client cuddler, then they feel good. So I'll just wrap up quickly with a really funny phone call with Susan, my, my woman who's closing this month, because this is just like what we're all about in these markets. Susan is being evicted. Susan is a first-time homebuyer closing this month. For those of you that may have caught wind of this, we had a first-time federal grant drop on 912. I know that the teammates I have at Fairway and my knowledge are so sharp that I am not scared to work through the communication with the agents to get Susan an extra grant before closing. Okay, that's the magic I'm talking about when I say your products and your people knowing the ins and outs and having those relationships in these different communities with the nonprofits is literally helping me get Susan $40,000, which means Susan's now getting an overfunded escrow returned to her. I called her yesterday before I picked up my son and I said, Susan, real quick, just want to let you know, I'm saving you about 200 a month and you're getting about $25,000 returned to you. She goes, oh my God, that's real money. I said, yes. And jokingly, I said, isn't that better than that weird GoFundMe thing you wanted to do because you got scared about buying a house? And I could hear the joy. And that's what I want to leave you with. Having that impact in one person's life every single day, that's my passion. And I use mortgages to do it. And that's what I call being a loan officer with the force of good. So thank you. And if you want to talk more about anything in the multilingual space, or if you yourself have a loan officer that's with you in another language, I would love to connect with them because that's something we're really going to foster going forward. Thank you so much, Amy. And, and, I, and I love that heart that you have out on the front end, being willing to get in front of these opportunities, not waiting for the opportunity to come to you, but going out, finding the opportunities. And in the context of doing that, having incredible impact on the lives of those people, they'll never forget you and that impact. And we all have that opportunity. Steve, I saw you popped in. Did you have anything you wanted to share with us? Just wish that I'd heard all of Amy's comments because I was looking forward to that. So apologize, Amy, for getting on late. I was punching every Zoom button you can imagine. I couldn't get on. So, Brother Ray, thanks for, you know, giving me, showing me how to do it because I had no idea. <laughs> no, no worries. We, we have a recording, fortunately. So. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm getting a lot of texts right now that people are having trouble with the Zoom. And then we just talked to uh, IT and they said that Zoom itself is having an outing uh, outage. So that's why. Um, so we'll we'll get people out on the, on the uh, recording after this, too. So fantastic. So one of the things that that I that I love about this opportunity is all of us should be thinking in a very different way. If you continue to do what you've been doing and you're not getting the results you want, then you absolutely have to be open to these sorts of opportunities. And the willingness that that specifically Amy and Lewis, but anyone in your market who has a niche relative to a culture or a language that they speak that you don't have don't have qualms about partnering up with them everything is an opportunity and what you do with the seeds of that opportunity is entirely up to you so i just really want to press upon us sometimes we think well we're, we don't have that language we don't have that skill we don't understand that culture be open and learn because the ability to change people's lives comes in a lot of different manners and that's what we all stand for so thank you amy now so i wanted to well, kathy one question for amy amy if you sure. do 100 loans how many of those 100 are people that do not speak English, would you guesstimate? Oh, Just a guess. Yeah, I would say 40 to 50%. I've gone pretty deep there. So that that's a, okay. So that's really cool. 40 to 50%. Now, if you go back two years ago, just guesstimate, of 100, how many would it be? 
to your point, we are seeing an increase. So it probably was closer to that 30, 40. It's a combination well, of focus, but also a growing demographic. Well, that's really cool, though. I mean, to think you changed your mind and changed the way you look at this business and you created a, a new opportunity for yourself. You, I would assume you had to change your mind first. And I then, had to make some changes, yeah, to get bigger well, that, in the space. Well, that's really cool, though. That's the, the whole mindset this year is about changing how we think. So thanks for sharing that. That's great. Fantastic. So a point that Lewis and I had the opportunity to spend some time together, and he is in his marketplace, very well known and has done a lot of outreach to create home ownership for people who maybe thought that wasn't an opportunity. And something you talked about, Lewis, that I think is really impactful for all of us is the idea of, of sustainable. So can you kind of go into what that means, that idea of being, being able to determine how it's sustainable for someone to maintain home ownership? Uh, sure, absolutely. First of all, thank you for the opportunity to share here with all the teammates, all the smiling faces here on this uh, platform, which I think is awesome. Uh, so thank you for the opportunity and honor to be here. So um, you're right. From a standpoint of, you know, just a little background myself, I've been here. I'm in Chicago. Uh, my branch is in Oak Brook, which is a western suburb of Chicago. Uh, Austin was talking earlier before he really got on about, you know, he's coming to Chicago. He's going to Wrigley Field, you know good man. <laughs> um, but from a standpoint of, of uh, been here, I actually was was originally uh, born in Mexico, came here when I was four years old, uh, grew up in the city. Um, and uh, as I went to college and got into sales and got into this business 25 years ago, uh, a passion of mine, um, because it was natural, is to serve in the Hispanic community. So 75% of my business approximately is in the Hispanic community. It's natural. I love uh, helping uh, our community uh, because it's all about information. And to your point about sustainability, uh, one thing is getting somebody uh, pre-approved for you know whatever their situation is. But one of the things we always emphasize is you know what's your comfort comfort payment? Um, how much can you comfortably afford to pay if you were to find the home of your dreams? Because if you've been renting for a long time and they've been renting, say you know, uh, with uh, with several family members, if they're paying five hundred dollars a month, then I need to make sure that they understand that when you go into a mortgage, to a mortgage into a home that they want to live in, that that amount is going to be sustainable. You know, so I asked the questions. In many cases, in the in the uh, in the Hispanic community, um, if they've been living with family members, that will continue. So that's an important question I ask them because. If they, they're going from a $500 payment to, say, a $1,500 payment, even though they can afford it themselves, it's a big payment shock. But if they're if they're already planning on those individuals live with them, live going with them in the new home, that's a big difference. So so yes, it's it's a big big point that I stress about sustainability, and the and the uh, the organization that I've been part of for 20 years, the National Hispanic. Uh, uh, now reps called National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. That's one of the the uh, core values is sustainable home ownership. So I, I I'm aligned with that as well. 
And I think such a big part of it is taking the time to understand the story. And, and for all of us, regardless of, of what culture you're in or what language you speak, taking the time to understand the story, to understand the components of that allows you to be able to align your solutions with the client need and to build a really deep rapport. That, that spans everything, goes across every culture. And something that Amy and I talked about that I thought was really interesting, we talked about how she has a wide spectrum of loans. She's, she is working with first-time homebuyers, but she's also working with clients who are doing jumbo loans. And the prevailing underlying theme of all of them is they come into it with a bit of fear. And if you can wrap your head around the fact that regardless of what level you're at, you're going into something new and you can get a sense of that fear, have that conversation, understand the story and make them comfortable in their decision, your rapport that you've built is so deep that all of a sudden those rate conversations become less significant if you take the time to hear the story on the front end. And oftentimes the solution comes to light in the, in, in the terms of hearing the story. So, Lewis, thank you for sharing that. And I know the other thing that you're really passionate about is how you've been able to reach some of, not just Hispanic, but first-time homebuyers in general, some of the, uh, the committees you're involved in and some of the, the different nonprofits. Can you share a little bit about that for us? Sure. Um, through my career, I've been, I, besides NAREP, I've also uh, aligned myself in, and uh, with nonprofit organizations. There's one here in the city called Resurrection Project that I've worked with them for over 15 years. Uh, they're they're big on on um, open opportunities for in the expand community for home ownership. So I've done I've done classes, you know, in their when they when they have classes, they invite, you know, a loan officer, invite an attorney, an, uh, an insurance agent, all the individuals that are part of the process. So that's been something that's been uh, I've enjoyed doing because you're given information. I go in. I go into the into the into that uh, class uh, to share information to educate the the, uh, the individuals that attend. Because one of the things that I found through the years is that, especially in the community I serve, is that a lot of times <clears throat> clients don't don't take that step because they don't ask the questions, and they don't and or they're afraid to ask questions, or they're listening to other individuals that maybe aren't in this in the business. So as a result, they don't take the step. So when I when I start talking to them, they're referred to me, which is most of the time, I, that's how my business has been over the years, the referrals. Or when I do a class, I always get a lot of people coming to ask me specific questions. And a lot of them is, I didn't know. I didn't know that it was that now, it wasn't, I thought it was really hard to buy, to buy a home. A lot of times they feel that they need 20% down to buy a home. A lot of times they didn't know that that uh, if they had a certain situation like a bankruptcy, so forth and so on, that they can't buy again. So it's all about the education. Um, and then once you do that, then the decision to move forward is a lot easier. Is a lot easier. And I found that you know within the group that I, the, you know, the first time buyers, the one group that I have a passion about. Um, and Amy, you did a phenomenal job, you know, in in uh, explaining your passion. One of the, one of the passions that I have is within the group, not only Hispanic community, but as a, across the board for first-time buyers is helping single moms. Uh, because I grew up for the most part in my, my, uh, in my youth with a single mom. So it's a big passion for me because the ones that I've, I've helped in, you know, uh, get into homes uh, through my career, every time it's, it's, uh, it's a special feeling because every one of them never thought they could buy, you know, because of their situation. You know, and and uh, and I've had many times where I go to the closing, and the minute they give them the keys, they're crying 
because they they didn't think they can they can buy. So it's a big life changer. I I feel that just like Amy, I have a passion not only with this group but across the board is that we do. I mean, we do the loans. That's boring. But changing a life because they now have ability to go to a home, and now they're able to to create memories, be part of the community, um, send their, their kids to good schools. That's a big. To me, that's all. It's worth it. You know, and even the people that I can't help today, because as you know, you can't help everybody, but even the people I can't help today because of, of uh, being part of, of Fairway, this is one of the things that I love about Fairway is that through credit tool, you can get them on the path to homeownership at some point down the line. So I, I, I think we have a, uh, a, you know, a, even though right now the market is challenging, it's still housing. Either you're going to buy or you're going to rent. You know, I'm a big believer on, on, on talking about payment. I don't get into the rate thing because you're never going to win. But if you talk about payment and you get them within what they want to comfortably pay, then rate's never an issue. Rate's never an issue. So... Thank you so much, Lewis. And 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 what I love about both of these, they're really in the process of adjusting client perspective. So the perspective of can I can I buy a house? They're out on the forefront as the leader, adjusting perspective and helping people set dreams, giving them a plan, showing them what is is entirely possible, creating a whole stream of business, but moreover, creating a change to people's lives, not only theirs, but for generations going forward through home ownership. That leader comes through active listening, through being willing to answer questions, the patience, the, the, the focus. So thank you so, so much to both of you for sharing. Lots of seeds planted for any of us um, to just look at things in a different perspective. So Austin, I'm going to go ahead and turn it back to you, sir. Yeah, you know what? Let's go a little bit longer than we normally do. You know, uh, everyone's just now starting to jump on. It looks like uh, Zoom might be working again. So um, we we were at like 30 and we're about 70. He's now, right. So. Steve's waving his hand. Oh, sorry. Steve, go ahead. Have something. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. This is like, welcome back, Connor. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. So, so Louise, if, if you're talking to all of us and we're listening, um, you mentioned that you got involved in nonprofit 15 years ago. Would you... Would you tell us that it's a good, I mean, because here's the deal, like Kathy said, we're all being challenged to look at things from different perspectives. Look at Amy, what she's done the last two years, almost changing her business model based on who she is doing loans for. Would you suggest for people that are not involved in a nonprofit to get involved in a nonprofit? Has that been a good source of business for you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the the opportunities that I've, I've fostered over the years um, cause I go in, so it all starts with mindset. If you go in, if you go into approaching a, a nonprofit in your community, go into it with a spirit of, you want to give back. You want to be able to you know, give information because it all comes back to you. If you go in there with, with, uh, just the intention, I'm going to go in and, you know, uh, get three pre-approvals or, and they'll see right through you. But if you go in there with no expectations as far as like, you know, I'm going in there because um, I want to get, I want to, you know, get four or five new clients. Um, then it's more, most of the time you're getting frustrated because that's not going to happen. But when you go in there, especially you get invited to some of these classes that they do. And there's not only Hispanic community, but I'm sure there's other, other ethnic uh, communities that have nonprofits that, uh, 
encourage homeownership, if you can find those in your community, uh, I would call and ask them when is the when is it that you you're going to do classes or find out who's the 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 leader there and set up set up a meeting or a Zoom or go go have you know say can I stop by buy a cup of coffee you know I would like to get involved um, if you do events you know I like to possibly volunteer um, and get them to know you. Get them to know you. And once you start doing that and they get to know you and they, you get invited to these classes, that's a huge opportunity because you go in there and then you start educating the, the individuals that are coming to learn. They're coming there to learn because that's what they want to do. So, so I definitely gonna, encourage it. A suggestion, a suggestion, Lewis, because um, welcome back, Cotter's still rolling, Kathy. Apologize. Welcome back, Cotter. Okay, you go. Is in the, is in the back room, been shooting spit wise, but now he's in the front. Okay, so here's the deal. So if you lead with money, with these nonprofits, if you come in and donate $1,000 or whatever the number is, you got to lead with money to say, hey, I want to, I've been researching. This is something I believe in this cause. And if you give first, and like you said, Lewis, offered it, offer to, volunteer first you you give money and you give your time everything else that is going to be part of that will evolve from that does that make sense if i'm starting from scratch no yeah absolutely because a lot of these nonprofits, you know they they their survival is based on donations based on on grants and a lot of the banks align themselves with them it's their but revenue model as you, yeah. as you know as you know um a lot of the banks uh you know unfortunately can't do it like the really tough deals and so forth so you want to be an option. You want to be an alternative to those individuals because um, if you set yourself up correctly, you will get you know the calls to help individuals that maybe can't be helped by by the the banks who the ones that are really give them a lot of money. But yes, to your point, Steve, I I would I would a lead with you know if um, my time first is there volunteer opportunities and what can I do if there's opportunities like if they have an event. You know how much is it to sponsor, or if I'm gonna do a a first time home buyer seminar, can I can I offer to, you know, buy the buy the you know, bring the food in or the coffee bagels? If you lead with that, uh, you'll probably get listened more than that. We have a situation, Madison. I don't know what people think about giving back as far as a discipline, but for years, ten um, percent. Now, ten percent of your gross. Um, you know, there is a debate of should that go to church? It's really wherever you're fed. And I know that people would argue and, and debate this topic. It, um, but if part of that 10% is a nonprofit or is a group, you do that consistently. So there's some nonprofits in Madison and Phoenix that we support having originated both those markets. Leading with that first has caused and helped our teammates get on the board of directors of these nonprofits. You get on the board of directors of these nonprofits, folks. Like Louise said, it is a whole avenue of business for you. And we know as originators, we only need 10 to 15 really good sources of business to do well. This nonprofit thing is should definitely in each marketplace be, be a, 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 a tranche of business for people. Amy, does that make sense to you? And Louis, does that make sense to you? Yeah, I think you're, you hit it right on the head because I'll tell you, my mentor is now a CEO of a nonprofit and he's pulling me onto a board. And what's so great is to your point, you start not only getting vetted for these relationships, so it's your reputation. It helps elevate us and Fairway. But also, I mean, yeah, you do get loans because they knew of a community situation where a landlord needed to try to get out of a hard money loan and they called me. 
And to your point, you're, you're starting to broaden your network. It's not just realtors. It's not just lawyers. It's these higher up community people that trust you. It's, it's a whole level. I mean, the, the amount of business that can go with a high level of trust is just amazing. And so, you know, when we think of ourselves also as salespeople and we try to differentiate that level of expertise is a differentiation just in the company that you're keeping and the people they see you. You know, in Boston, I've run a really tight ship around the relationship with the city of Boston. I've made sure Fairway's in a great position. Like we were the lead, like we had the most participants in a training with the city of Boston. That was intentional. They listen to us. They answer our questions faster. It makes our loan officers in the street better. And frankly, that's why right now, like this week, we are literally, you know, I've been coaching this Steve, you'll love it competition. I told everyone, ignore the noise, ignore everybody talking about this grant, just do it, fund it. And so Good. we're racing to be the first. I'll let you know if we are, I'm driving mass housing crazy, but that's the level you have to play in the space. Cause there are a lot of people now that are desperate for business. And so this just sounds like a good idea. We are the experts and we have a heart. Don't just like flip a switch because you think it's a good idea. Partner with the real people, get into it. And it just starts to spiral. It's your lead gen, becomes lead gen. I mean, Jane Berger, who is an, an originator, but Jane, how many years have you been part of that nonprofit that you introduced some of us to probably four or five years ago? 2009, we started going to Zambia working with AIDS orphans. And my family has gone almost every other year since 2009. It's gone to where? Zambia, Africa. Okay. How many, how many amazing people have you met from that nonprofit? Oh, my gosh. That, that are friends of yours today? Oh, hundreds of Americans, because the Americans' lives are changed more than the Zambians. And we're very close, very close group. And I plan to go back next year because we have three graduating from college. Well, and the reason I mentioned this is we're going through a season where each originator is thinking, what do I do and how do I do things? And, and this should be a discipline that Coach Walker and Coach Austin and, and Coach Kathy and Coach Peter that are on this call, listening to Amy and Louise challenge people to get involved in a nonprofit like you, Jan, one that you really believe in, like Amy really believes in it. Find one that every market has them. You know, I look at Andrew Storderboom. I'm sure Andrew's involved in one in his market because of his heart already without even asking. I know Andrew is. This is part of what we do at Fairway. We give back and we can quietly, without making a lot of noise, make a huge difference in people's lives. And that's what we do this for. Anyhow, like Louise said, the loans are whatever. It's not the loans. It's what we do for people that separates us. And to me, this is this should be a discipline for every originator in this company, especially this quarter, when they're thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't get a loan this week. Well, you know, okay, so, but go out and, and meet some people and get involved because you'll feel so much better just doing it anyhow. If you go out and if you go volunteer and you see what people are dealing with, it'll take your mind off yourself. It's that whole thing. The more you think about yourself, the more you get depressed. The more you think of others, the more you get happy. I mean, you just got to start thinking about other people and helping other people. And all of a sudden your life gets lighter. And this is a season for doing the shift. Proud of Amy, proud of Louise and Jane. What, or Jan, what you do is amazing. I've seen some of the stuff. It's, it's well, like you said, hundreds of people. It's a big deal. 
This is the good know, stuff. What Amy and Louise are doing. This is the good. When Louise said he's been part of it for 15 years, he can't even imagine his business without that nonprofit. I'd be willing to bet some of his best friends in his life he's met because of that nonprofit. Is that fair, Louise? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting because you know when I started working with with this organization, nonprofit in the city, um, the person who was one of the directors there now, uh, you build relationships over time. And I've actually done loans for a couple of the directors there. You don't get to do loans unless they trust you, unless they know that you're there to serve. They're, you're there to help. You, you embrace their cause. You embrace their mission. You know. And I think uh, right now, like you said, Steve, right now, you know, the market the way it is, you look for opportunities. Where can you find the opportunities? I think in nonprofit, a lot of times in nonprofits, the community is going to them first because they trust them. They don't. They don't go to a salesperson first because they know they're going to be sold. But if you if you if you embrace those that that mindset and, and that make this part of your your business to go out and and create opportunities, you're going to find them. Well, and Louise, here's the deal. And Amy knows this, Jan. When you're helping in these things, people don't shop you that much. They go to you because they trust you. Steve, I just want my loan done. I don't care. I'm so busy. I don't. I just trust you'll take care of me. Done. Next topic. Right. It's not like Joe Shopper that's got 43 spreadsheets and 58 LEs and CDs and who the age cares what an LE is. Anyhow, my gosh, it sounds like we're playing CDs for music. I mean, my goodness. But anyhow, I mean, th this just makes it simpler and makes it more fun. Yep. Well said. Good stuff. Guys, I would say too, if you're out there recruiting, it should be one of the very first questions you ask that recruit, because if they have a passion for helping others more than just doing the loans, your life becomes much easier to you just hired a good person, right? And, and we talk about that a lot in our group is we're looking for good people first. The loans come second. They do. And, and you, you will run so much more efficiently when you just have a bunch of good people. Um, you know, Jake right now is doing a lot of that night nationwide and, and loving that. Like I, I absolutely love that. That's a humility has become such a, it, and it always has been, but, but such a, a focus right in 2022. Well, um, if we could tape what you just said, Austin, that part about when you're when you're looking to recruit, you're looking for good people first and asking that question first, what are they involved in? If, if you know, somebody's recruiting Amy, they, everybody recruits a person like Amy. Amy, what are you involved in? Louise, what are you involved in? If they listen to their passion, that's who you want. We had a group in town swear we did. It was 250 originators. We, we stepped away from the table because of arrogance. Folks, we you know, listen, let them... They can go someplace else. They can do loans. That, that's not an issue. That group had closed $2.3 so far this year. You say, why just step away from the table? Because of what we're talking about right here. You know, it just doesn't, hey, $72 billion last year is 1.4%. There's humble people out there in this industry. We're going to find them. We're going to find a bunch of nice people like you have right on this call. Nice people that are kind to people. Because that's what you want. That's what makes it fun. Anyhow, Jan, you can't become a loan officer now, don't we? Kim Yowell's texting me. She's all grumpy. She said, you're taking her out of service saying, I, I'm not, you should see the text I'm getting from your buddy. The man, <laughs> like, she's not invited to this call anymore, by the way, Jan. She's out. She can't be invited. I could do call. it. I could do well, it. <laughs> that's, what we're, that's what we're worried about. By the way, everybody's saying alert to lock. Just to let you know. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Hey, real quick, guys, we we had about 100 more people join because of the Zoom issues. And I want to go back to Amy really quick. Amy, you had such good points in the beginning. Do you mind giving us a short version of, of kind of your philosophy, your path, your, your, your everything here? I don't want to sell you short uh, to the 100 other people that joined. Perfect. Well, hello to all you new people on the call. I'm going to give you, I guess, a quick rundown. So basically, my whole philosophy is remembering that you need to make sure you're focused on how the customer and everyone on that transaction feels. The way that I learned this was during the refi boom because I had a client I've done two loans for give me an awful survey. And what I realized was that we had forgotten, we took our hand off his shoulder. Kathy and I talked about this. This is a coaching thing. The image of keeping your hand on your client's shoulder, high tech, high touch. We cannot just automate. We took our hand off his shoulder. There was a legal delay and he didn't feel supported. There was nothing anyone needed to do, but we simply did not give him enough little touches to feel good. That woke me up and it reminded me that you've got to hold your client all the way through. Now, when you're dealing with multilingual, what we call non-English proficient or marginalized markets, you have to understand you are literally in a different psychology and mind space. You are dealing with vulnerability, anxiety, fear, people feeling overwhelmed. And if you acknowledge that and take control of it and take that off of their shoulders, it becomes a whole different process. You become friends. And with that trust and rapport, you can literally start to do business more efficiently and faster, which is how you start to grow volume. This segment of market is a very labor-intense, high-resource sort of demographic. But if you learn how to use those tools, it will not weigh you down. That's a big fear of salespeople. It's too hard. It takes too long. It's you know too complicated. I view all of that as an excuse. And if you elevate yourself and make all those hard things easy, then you can do hard things and do good in your community. So you can't be scared of hard things. Right, that's the first step. So what do I do? I talk to products all the time. I shared this earlier. I did a coaching session where we pulled Debbie Nichols in for broker support and went deep on ITIN and foreign nationals. I saw someone in the chat said that was interesting. I think that's a great spinoff idea as we develop our coaching and ignite in these spaces. So that's absolutely something we can bring further in because as you look at where growth is coming, you know, everybody out there these days is using the same sound bite. I got to tell you, I'm out of my mind. I don't want to hear about 70% growth in the Hispanic market one more time. I'm done. You know, that's just a sound bite. It's literally how are you going to serve it? Because when you look at that market, it's very multi-layered. There's lots of different complexities in there. And the people that are just saying this, they just, they're saying it to say it. They don't mean, they don't know how to do this business. We at Fairway do. So going back to remembering that mindset and supporting, and what does that person feel like will literally get you more business. You know, the woman that I'm helping now, she brought a friend to the event to physically meet me. That is my next referral from her. That just feels good. So what I'm saying is it might feel harder, but you've got to just dig deeper. And then it becomes so natural. It almost becomes your lifestyle. Like I've been in this space 20 years and I couldn't imagine a more fun thing to be doing and trying to figure out how do we as a big group grow doing really, really hard things. And it is stepping out of your comfort zone. You know, it's like thinking, for example, like who's the person you wouldn't talk to and going up to them and learning about them and learning how to create a bridge. And with those bridges 
they we do get business. So just challenge your mind to really think of someone or some place that is absolutely out of your comfort zone and then do the research. Find that commonality and begin the building of the bridge because the business will come. Amy, that's such good stuff. Uh, I have learned so much today from both of you guys. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the call. Kathy, you did amazing. Jake, we always appreciate your time. I want to go back slightly for everyone that just got on here. I know there's about 100 of you guys. Um, don't forget about Fanatical Prospecting 3.0. That's Angie Turley. That's Jen Guile. That is coming next week. It is extremely cheap. They are going to walk you through all their prospecting stuff, all their events that they do. So good, so good, so good. You can reach out to me directly if you want to sign up for that. Um, also, want to remind everybody, actually, this is for you too, Jake. Uh, if you are bringing on brand new people to the industry, we have a mentorship program that will start within their first 60 days. That is going to be rolling out October 1st. So if you're recruiting, you're bringing in brand new people, uh, we have a Ignite mentorship uh, program that will be starting October 1st. You can reach out to me directly, uh, kind of talk you through that. Uh, Steve Walker is now on the call. I tried to bring him in earlier. He was having Zoom issues as well. Uh, for those who don't know, we did a really fun thing. Uh, we brought in anyone that is out there doing two loans or less. Didn't cost them a thing. Um, it's called Ignite Assist. Um, Steve Walker took that, ran with it. We had, how many people do we have in there, Steve? We had 270, Austin, uh, initially. And we had about 90 branch managers that were involved in sponsoring those folks to uh, to, to uh, get them involved. How incredible, right? Um, will you tell us just maybe a couple blurbs there of, of some some fun things that have happened with these people that are that are in the two or less category? Yeah, I sure will. So so uh, currently we have 237 people in the program right this minute. 24 coaches are doing it for free, uh, investing their time. We've asked them to, make, to have one meeting a, a month and they've turned it into one meeting a week and one-on-one -on -one meetings and they're just pouring their heart and soul into these folks. Um, so those 24 coaches, the, the, uh, the difference are folks that we had either terminate or drop. So it's actually been effective for the ranch managers. It's been effective for the folks in assist. The coaches are loving it. But the biggest win, I think, uh, uh, Mike Swally was telling me about one of his folks that really had some limiting beliefs and, and were prospecting and feeling like they couldn't get any, you know, any traction at all. It just could never be consistent. And now, you know, their manager even reached out to Mike and commented. Um, Austin Smith had a, had a very similar thing where uh, we set them up uh, teams for each of these groups and uh, and the people are really gelling on teams and, and uh, you know, leaning into each other. So we've taken people from across the country, brought them together, tied them with some common goals of, of productive activity and, and they're loving it. That's such good stuff. And I've had a couple of people in my own group uh, that are in there and they love it. Um, actually, some people on my own team too. Uh, they're absolutely loving it. Pistol, what do you got for us today, buddy? Well, gee, this has been a most informative call. And, and I, I didn't learn this from Peter Beanland, but he kicked off the pop-up yesterday and he said everybody should have a notepad and a pencil out as you listen. And Amy and Luis were fantastic. And I learned, you know, from Luis, the sustainability, and I never heard the call of a comfort payment. Uh, I love that. Plus, he helps first-time homebuyers to ask the right questions. And both he and Amy are helping people get into homes. And, uh, and Amy mentioned the people who don't have a, 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 have a housing option. And I loved her term about loan magic. You know, that's terrific. 
And we just hired a new Hispanic gentleman, and Amy, I'll hook you up with him, Jesus Livaco Huerta. He's been with us three months, and on Saturday, the 24th of September, he has a first-time homebuyer seminar, and there'll be a 100 people there. And that's fantastic. I said, is it okay if I show up? And he said, yes, but it's all going to be in Spanish. So it's going to be fantastic. You can learn some and, things. You're going to learn how to speak Spanish. Yes. And uh, Jake's point about getting on boards, I'll share this a little bit personally. I was on the Habitat for Humanity board and executive committee for six years. I was on the Nari Foundation board for six years helping people. And what this has done for me, there is no builder, realtor, anybody's office that I can at least talk, get a hold of the top person. They will talk. Do they all do business with us? No, they probably don't, but it opens the door. So these are things to do. And a quick Lombardi quote, Kathy, the guy that got to the top of the mountain didn't get there by falling there. Thanks again for letting me share a few facts with you. Love these calls. Pistol, you are a gem. We appreciate Absolutely. you being on. We are the lucky ones. I promise you that. So, Jake, anything from you before we, we sign off here? It's, these calls are great. Now, just one thing, and we need volunteers also. We need volunteers in the coaching ranks. It may sound kind of crazy, but we have had a rush of people joining us on the loan officer side. And one of the things we've talked about, we've said it a couple times, is we're trying to have a platform for the first 60 days. For example, the Amy's and Louise's. So I, what I want as a new loan officer here is I want to talk to some people that consistently close five to 10 loans a month. I want to be able to talk to somebody that closes 10 to 15 loans a month, somebody that closes 15 to 30 loans a month. And I want to know what they do. And I'd pay money for that. I don't want a whole year of coaching. I want bullet points for 60 days. And what we're trying to do is we're, we're talking to new recruits about that and say, hey, would that be of interest to you? And the answer is yes. So what it's going to take is the challenges for the Cathy's and for the Austin's and the Peter's of the world and Coach Walker's is to get enough of the Amy's of the world that say, hey, I want to do this. Figure out a fair, you know, compensation for the, you know, figure out, you know, because this is something that new branches and corporate part, you know, helping too. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you when you join a company? We just had a gal say yes to us that was a previous company 17 years. You know, why wouldn't she want to know She's petrified. 17 years of the previous company. She wants to know, you know, what people do here. So to me, Austin, by when? By yesterday. So as soon as I can get set up, Amy's laughing. Uh, Austin just tried to hit a button to get me off the screen. Amy, did you see that? He was trying to delete me like right now. Um, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. We're, we actually just talked about it. So October 1st is uh, when it rolls out. And I've already had a couple people on this call reach out to me about it. So we're, we're pumped and, and we appreciate your idea on that whole thing. And, and we are definitely running with it. I think it's great, Pistol, to have you on these calls. Um, we just we figured that we'll probably run out of Vince Lombardi quotes before things over, though. I, mean, I don't know what you're going to do. I mean, you, you may have to divert to John Wooden, too. What do you think? Well, we can use both, but I, I don't want to make you laugh, but Vince, I've got 150 Vince Lombardi quotes. Well, I guess so we're good. Calls I, to go. I guess we're good then, Pistol. That's beautiful. Well, I, geez, I hope I can live through the 150. 
Well, and nothing else. Throw a Joe Thiessen quote in there once in a while too. That, that'll, that'll bring that'll bring down the house. Well, absolutely. I I love it. Thank you so much for all 100 plus of you guys that get on. We appreciate your support so much. Uh, and those that kept trying, that means a lot, right? Those that kept trying even through the Zoom issues. So uh, we'll get this call sent out after this. And if you guys need anything, you have my email address or Ignite exec email address. Thank you again, Lewis. Thank you again, Amy. Thank you again, Kathy. Uh, what a great call. Thank you again, Pistol and Jake. And everyone have a good rest of your day.